good Saturday evening to everybody. This is Thinker, and this is the season premiere of the 10 Questions Podcast for Season 2. I tell you, I've recorded a number of these since uh, dropping this uh, first one for the year, and I go back and I listen, and I can already tell I've gotten more comfortable with having these conversations with people, having uh, random conversations, asking indirect questions, direct questions, all that kind of jazz. Um, <laughs> makes me cringe listening to myself sometimes. But uh, in the long run, though, it's not really about my end of the conversation. This is about the person on the other end and getting to know just a little bit more about the people that uh, we only catch hits here and there. So the first person to kickstart season two, to kickstart the year 2020 for this podcast is Alyssa Miller. All right, this is 10 Questions. I am Thinker and I am on the line with Alyssa. Hi. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me on. So are you... uh, This probably won't end up hitting until January, but still ask you anyway. Are you ready for Christmas? Um, I think so. I'm at least done with Christmas shopping, and uh, the last thing I got to do is I got to go pick up my son from college tomorrow, bring him home for the holidays. So I think we're there. I think I'm ready. (laughs) All right, that sounds like fun. Um, let's go ahead and. uh... And I jump into uh, this. Um, first question I've got for you. In, uh, in your business travels, mm-hmm. which, de- which destination has been your favorite? Ooh, boy, that's a tough call. Um, I mean, there's a lot that I can think of. I mean, I, I, a number of different cities that I've really enjoyed. I think if I had to pick one favorite, though, um, I think I'd probably pick Victoria, uh, Victoria, British Columbia. I was there earlier this year for uh, for B-Sides Vancouver Island and just such a neat place, so different from anywhere I'd been before. Super cute city, really laid back. Um, people there were amazing. I mean, it, it, it's Canada. It seems like everybody in Canada is just like super duper nice. Um, and that that's coming from a Midwest girl. Like I'm already used to like super nice people. So, um, yeah, I think out of all of them so far, all the places I've been, yeah, I, I'd have to go with Victoria at this point. I've, I've had, uh, I've had other people I've known that have gone up there that have been very, uh, just spoke very glowingly of that city. So yeah, I can see where that would be the case. Yeah, definitely. Um, Okay, so uh, one of the uh, questions that was given whenever I asked if anybody had anything that they wanted me to ask you um, was, uh, what's the best and also the worst thing about your career? The best and the worst thing. Um, I think from a best perspective, I, I, I like feeling like I legitimately have some impact on the world, right? Mm -hmm. Um, From a security perspective, we all tend to be, I think, a little idealistic. And that's kind of what draws us to this career. And certainly it has for me. And so I feel like, you know, everything that I do from 
you know, the work I do directly as part of my day job, um, reaching out to companies and kind of helping them build security strategies all the way down to what I do from blogging and, and speaking appearances. I, I, I actually feel like I have some impact on the world as a whole, which is super rewarding. Um, you know, getting to meet tons of different people and, and to influence their lives in some way is just amazing. Um, you know, on the flip side, what the worst part of it, it kind of goes almost hand in hand though. Um, you know, a, a lot of times the, there's so much that we're, we're working toward and, and the, 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 the boulder that we're trying to push up that mountain can seem just insurmountable at times. You know, it, there's, it just feels like there's a constant barrage of things that we need to be worried about and things that we need to be addressing. Sometimes you just feel like, boy, I'd really, really would love to come up for air. And, <laughs> you know, I, I, you, you have to really in this particular career path, I think you have to kind of build that in. You have to be very intentional about that because otherwise that, you know, burnout is a real thing. And we, we certainly experience it quite a bit in this industry. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay. So, uh, question number three, um, Wirefall was making a comment about how he thinks that you are a really great panelist. And so I was curious, what was your favorite panel that you participated in this year? Oh God, that's tough too. I'm, I gotta pick one, huh? Um, I've done a few, um, I, I'm, I'm kind of torn between two, but I, I think the one I will go with is um, earlier this year, I was at a conference and it was a, it was not a security conference. And that's kind of why I'm picking it because it was a really neat, uh, you know, they call it an ideas festival. It was called Naples next. And um, so, you know, when I say ideas festival, we're talking about, they had, different speakers and panels and things about every topic imaginable. They had former, uh, you know, judges and things on one panel talking about social justice issues. They had uh, a female race car driver from Canada talking about being a woman in, um, in, in that field. They had the owner of the Red Sox was there talking about owning a, a baseball team and they had environmentalists. But in any event, um, the panel that I was on, was me and a uh, former director of the CIA, uh, John Brennan, if that name rings a bell to anybody. Um, and it was he and I, along with our host, who was Natasha, oh, and I'm totally spacing on her last name from the Atlantic and just totally lost her last name. Uh, sorry, Natasha, I apologize. Uh, but uh, we're up there talking about cybersecurity, global cybersecurity, the state of it and what we saw in the future. So I mean, we got into some some pretty deep conversations around things like blue keep and uh, you know just anything you can imagine at a global level. And it was just really neat to be up there in front of this audience, which was made up of really high level folks, CEOs and above, you know, people who are on multiple boards of directors and so forth. And to be able to reach that audience and to be able to talk with them, and to even go on a few topics, you know, toe to toe with a former CIA director, right? Like actually, um, you know, to, to be able to sit up there and say, you know what, John, I kind of disagree with 
it was a pretty exciting experience and one I, I'll definitely uh, remember for a long time. Okay, yeah, that does sound like that. It would have been fine. Um, okay, another one that I think you'll probably remember that somebody suggested. Uh, if you found a random USB uh, flash drive in the parking lot, whose PC does it get plugged into? Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, if if you mean from the standpoint of what do I want to investigate about it, you know, I do have a few sacrificial lambs with virtual environments on them that, you know, I would, that would probably be my start. Um, you know, a couple that are preloaded with Cali. And so I'd, that would be if I wanted to figure out what it was. Um, on the flip side, if it's something I'm dropping, trying to get it, get someone else to load it, boy, I'm going to, I'm going to do everything I can to get, you know, pretty high level in that organization, right? Like if I'm going to try to get somebody to, I'm shooting for CEO, you know, C-level executive, something like that. Uh, the type of person who just isn't really going to think twice about it and is just going to be kind of curious and, and plug it in. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, all right, another one that was a suggested one. Uh, VI, Emacs, or Nano? Oh, VI all the way. VI <laughs> for sure. I, you're, you're talking to like, you know, child of the 80s. I grew up on Spark systems in the 90s. You know, I, VI was the way to go all the time. Um, so, yeah, definitely. I, ne I never, ever got into Emacs. I'm sorry. I know. I'm like, that's like so sacrilegious to say, but. You know, yeah, I'm totally all about VI. Now, I, I, me, myself, I originally learned of VI. Um, I didn't even know about Emacs, though, until I had uh, shifted to Nano. Um, I, I'm, I'm about efficiency, and, to, and I, I know people are purists, but to me, Nano is efficient. I, I'm telling you. Yeah. I mean, but, and that's the thing. I mean, I guess that's why I stuck to VI, right? I got used to the, all the keyboard shortcuts and exactly. so automatic and muscle memory that I just never saw a need to shift away. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um, digging away from technology a little bit. Question number six, what is your favorite food? Oh, oh, that's an easy one. Uh, brisket barbecue brisket i uh love nothing i love more than getting a brisket and getting it on the smoker letting it go and you know slow and low um i'm all about the barbecue brisket okay so that would beg the question what style of barbecue sauce do you do, you do with it oh so first of all no barbecue sauce on the meat um okay. not while it's cooking i am all about you know a little bit of dry rub um, you know, a little bit of mustard just to bond it to the, to the meat, but yeah, it's all about the smoke flavor. The, if I use a barbecue sauce at all, it's just a, you know, a little side condiment, but when I do, then it, then we're talking like a, a, a good brown sugar barbecue is all barbecue sauce. Always my favorite. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, question number seven, um, Star Trek, Star Wars. Star Wars, without a doubt, Star Wars. Um, even though obviously like so many, the first, you know, the episodes one through three, 
uh, the prequels, a little disappointing. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely. Again, child of the 80s. I was born the same year Star Wars came out. So now everybody knows how old I am. Um, yeah, definitely Star Wars. Okay, so so what's your official take on Jar Jar Binks? I know there's that that's he's a divisive character. <laughs> he was the reason I walked out of that first uh, the first viewing. I actually went out at midnight, stood in line to go see episode one, and uh, I I couldn't believe it. I was so disgusted walking away from that. I just yeah, that was. I, I couldn't believe that I, the one and only time I've ever for any movie ever sat outside to see the premiere showing and that was what we got. Yeah, I was not a happy camper. And then I guess the other question that seems to be a divisive one, um, the fact that George Lucas went back at the end of episode six and replaced, uh, re replaced uh, Anakin Skywalker in the in the three uh, in the in, in the the three uh, characters in the sky at the end of the movie do you think that do, do you like that move where, where he uh, put Hayden Christensen in there or do you think that he should have kept uh, the original the, the, the original Anakin that was under the Darth Vader mask at the end of the movie yeah I mean I don't know. I guess it didn't really bother me. I, I'll admit, I actually, that's funny that you're saying it. You know, apparently a lot of people have strong opinions on that one. I don't. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, I thought it worked for the scene. It was, it was good. But uh, yeah, I don't know that I was particularly torn one way or the other on that one, to be fully honest. And, and I guess, guess one last little attached question. What do you think about Baby Yoda? I think it's crazy. I, you know, it took me a while to find out what the heck that was even all about, where that was coming from, because I actually refuse to pay money for Disney Plus, which <laughs> I, I feel like almost like maybe I'm not a true enough Star Wars fan after all, if I won't do it just to see that. But, you know, I, God, between the, the security issues and just the, the extortion by Disney to get everybody to pay them, you know, nope, can't watch this anywhere else, but you're going to watch it on our thing. Yeah. I kind of, <laughs> I reject it on principle. So. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Um, question number eight. Uh, one of my favorite ones uh, that I've been doing with everybody. Um, I'm going to give you three different phobias. And you don't get to look them up. I'll tell you about them afterwards, but I want you to try to see if you can guess which one that you prefer to have, if you had to have one of them. Okay. Um, I'll, leave, I'll even stay in the A's here. I won't, I won't venture out of this list that's in front of me. Uh, let's see. So there's apophobia. Um, there is... Allurophobia, or there is acarophobia. Okay, so if I heard you right, I actually think you said apophobia, which I actually know what that is. Oh, you do? Um, what is that? So that's the fear of bees. Very good. And I know this because as a kid, I used to have a 
pretty strong fear of bees. And it actually stems from a funny story because uh, as a young, young kid, I got tricked by a much older kid in the neighborhood into petting a bee. So we can kind of figure out how that turned out. Um, so honestly, not knowing what the other two are, that's kind of the known quantity. That's the one I'll go with. I would much rather have apophobia than uh, something I'm not quite sure what it is. I guess okay, I don't know if that's what you mean or not, but um, fair enough. Now, allurophobia is fear of cats. Oh wow! And okay. then acarophobia is fear of itching or of the insects that cause itching. Ooh, yeah, that would be a horrible thing to have. I mean, itching is kind of like inherent to the world. That ooh, God, yeah, that'd be <laughs> terrible. And fearing cats, I mean, yeah, I heck, I picked the right one. Yeah, I'll, I'll be afraid <laughs> of these all day long compared to those two. Well, you were you were the first person so far that has actually known. <laughs> one of the ones that I picked. So, so awesome. th th there you go. Uh, got All right. So uh, question number nine. Yeah. Um, what is the best and also the worst advice that you've ever received? Best and worst advice. So I think it's the probably the best advice I've ever received um, I, I guess it would be to, to sit down and to look at your accomplishments as if they were somebody else's, you know, one of the things that I really battle against, um, you know, it's kind of my little crusade in life is this whole idea of imposter syndrome. And so much of it stems from, uh, just you know, not de basically devaluing your own successes. And so what someone told me at one time was take your successes and project them on somebody else. If you saw somebody else that had, you know, make a list, write them all down, and then imagine that you're looking at somebody else and how you would feel about that person. And then what that does for you, having actually sat there, first of all, just the action of listing your own accomplishments and successes is huge. But then when you think about it in terms of somebody else, so you kind of take that like inherent humility out of it, it, it really helps combat that imposter syndrome. Um, on the flip side, the worst experience I've been given and I've heard given to other people is when people talk to women about how to succeed in business or in professional environments or whatever, and they tell them to be more like men. Like, first of all, I, I find that insultive to both sides, right? Like, mm -hmm. what is it that's so, you know, that men and women are like, you, know, you can't have similar character traits in both men and women. That, that to me is ignorance in and of itself. But then that you would try to sh tell somebody they need to shape themselves into something that they aren't and to behave in a way that's not natural for them and that that's how you're going to succeed in business just seems absolutely bizarre to me. Like how, how by trying to be fake, is that ever going to make you better at anything? I guess is the way I look at that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, and it, that, that, that goes for the, 
for men versus women. That goes for that goes for any other difference too. You know, it's yeah. uh, it, you know if, if you're not true to yourself, then you're not being the best self that you can be. I would totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, now, on a little uh, a little funny story on imposter syndrome. Um, whenever I did grad school, uh, I was at the um, I was at the uh, oh, uh, what in the world's um, um all the all the initial stuff that you do um, orient orientation stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was an online program, but I had to uh, I had to be in uh, in uh, Tempe for uh, for two days and change. And I remember that first event uh, while I was there that weekend. Um, before I went, I was looking at they, they provided a list of everybody that was in uh, in that cohort that was starting. And I look through that list of everybody, and I, just, I was just like, I'm nothing. <laughs> uh, you know, everybody's, everybody's list of where they were working and what they were responsible for and all that stuff, I just, I felt so small. And then whenever I walked in the room with everybody and, and uh, everybody was in uh, suit and tie or uh you know, or just, you know, some, some, uh, you know, super, you know, being dressed up full business. And I just felt intimidated. <laughs> um, the, the, the good thing is, is I, I ended up having a good group of guys that, um, that, that, that I was involved with through that entire program and that made it so much easier, but wow, I just, I've never felt so intimidated in my life <laughs> that I did that evening. And and that's just it. And that's what drives the imposter syndrome, right? It's that whole feeling of just feeling like you, you don't belong somewhere. And it's, oh my gosh, it's, I think we all deal with it in our own way. I think anyone who tells you they've never had a case of imposter syndrome is probably lying. Um, but uh, yeah, so... I, I definitely hear you on that. All right. So question number 10. Um, what is, what's one of your New Year's resolutions for 2020? Ooh, I'm not normally one for making resolutions per se. Um, I've got a few goals or things that I want to improve on. So I guess you could call them resolutions. Okay. I, I think the big one for me is, um, you know, doing something for me. And honestly, um, you know, I, I haven't even announced this publicly yet. Um, but by the time this, this airs, it will be certainly public knowledge. Um, one of those things I'm doing is I am making a, a, a change in my job. I'm leaving my employer that I'm with now and I'm, taking a risk on a new position that is going to allow me to really focus on things that I enjoy. It's not, I'm not leaving for money. I'm not going somewhere for, you know, a, a step up career wise and form of title or anything else, but I'm going to go do 
a job that allows me just to have fun doing the things that I love the most and kind of removing a lot of the ancillary things that, you know, are not necessarily the favorite part of my current job. And so I, I think that theme overall is what I'm hoping 2020 is going to be for me is really getting out and doing just the work that I love and I'm passionate about in a whole different way than I ever have in the past. Pursuing fulfillment. Yes, very much yeah, so. That, that definitely is something that uh, I think everybody, everybody is always in pursuit in. And I think some of us are more successful at it than others. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, fulfillment looks different for everybody too. So it, it's, uh, it, it's a moving target no matter who you're talking to. Definitely. Definitely. So hopefully I get there. Like I said, I've got a lot of goals that kind of all tie into that. We'll see how many of them I'm actually able to accomplish. A few of them I've already hit. I've already got them lined up and, you know, before even we've hit 2020 yet. So that that's huge. Um, but uh, yeah, just plugging ahead, hoping to make 2020 a, a very successful year for me personally. And uh and hopefully for uh, our industry as a whole too, that would be nice. That sounds like a, that, that sounds like a wonderful plan for the next year. All right. Well, um, I thank you for taking a little bit of time out to uh, talk to me, talk with me. Um, enjoyable conversation, and uh, you know. Uh, Wirefall was right. It was a good move to a good move to get you on the podcast. I love Wirefall. That guy is amazing. Yeah, he is. he's he awesome. Is. Good guy. So I definitely appreciate him, appreciate him endorsing me, and I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, this has been definitely a very enjoyable conversation. So. Oh, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate Alyssa taking the time to talk with me once again. It was a fun conversation to have. Um, I, definitely I showed, uh, my, uh, bias in, uh, how I consume my own barbecue, uh, considering the fact that I asked her about barbecue sauce and I was stumped there as to what to say whenever she said, eh, not really, uh, somebody to eat sauce with barbecue. I've already learned so much since then. So I hope everybody has been having a good new year so far. Uh, make it a good January, make it a good 2020, and I will see you next time whenever my guest will be Info Sister Amanda Berlin, where she almost threatens to walk off during the conversation. Stay tuned. <laughs>